Last spring, you chose hardworking seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed perform on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com harvest. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And good morning. Welcome to Broncos for Breakfast. My name is Scott Kennedy. It will be just me today solo, so I'm going to need your help in the chat today to keep things moving. We've got several topics I wanted to discuss today and a couple of holdovers from last night from the Mile High podcast that we did last night, including maybe taking a look at a couple free agent signings. Are, are they even out there yet? Uh, one of the things I had talked about previously is you know post-June 1st when people start making their roster moves, different players that you might not have expected will be coming available. Has that happened yet? Are there some guys out there? Not as many as you think, so that might be a quick segment. Uh, one of the things I've been poring over is Pro Football Focus did a 2019 redraft, and uh, it's very interesting on several levels and reminds me to a certain extent of this recent redraft where it seems like all the best players were in the second and third round. It wasn't necessarily a great first round, uh, but it's one of the philosophies I've always said is, you know, you want more arrows in the quiver. A lot of the times you want to take a shot on several players because there's just not that much difference <clears throat> a lot of the times between 19 and 25 or 25 and 35, or especially 30 and 40, where if you can get 45 and 50, for 25, you might be better off. So we will take a look at some of those things today as well. Uh, first off, I want to say some say good morning to some folks that are hopping into the chat early. First off, Ethan, the DWI guys. Good afternoon, Deacon in Broncos country. Yeah, I've kind of got nicknamed uh, the Deacon since I'm definitely not an honorary football priest uh, when I'm hosting in the evening with with uh, Chad and Jack. But that's a that's a pretty cool nickname, if you ask me. I think I mentioned that. You know, you see Deacon Jones and a a, uh, a monster defensive lineman with a name like Deacon Jones. That leaves an impression. That's a pretty cool name. Uh, Jeremy, good morning. EJ coming in and says, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Nick is still traveling back. He got caught in a pretty wicked storm coming back from Iowa yesterday on his way home. So keep him in your, in your thoughts uh, so he makes it safe. And also... Uh, before we get too far along, I want you to keep another of our Broncos family in your uh, in your thoughts. Uh, Mark Schrader is not going to be here today. <clears throat> Excuse me. He is having a cardiac catheterization done today, uh, a heart procedure done, where they uh, they snake a tube into your heart and do some work on it. So, um, you know, Mark's been battling that a little bit and is going to get that done today. And we're we're definitely going to miss you today, Mark, and look forward to having you back. And hoping everything uh, goes just splendidly for you. So keep keep Mark Schrader in your in your thoughts today too, please. Uh, Chase Wal- Chase Walner saying good morning. U.S. Dave, President accounted for. 
sunny days coming in with uh with the coffee the smiley faces thumbs up stars i'll drink to that dale fleming also hopping in uh saying good morning and good afternoon to those of you from across the pond or you know other side of the pond or however you'd like to say it and yeah i'm i am going on han, han solo this morning so like i said going to need some help in the chat today i'm going to bring up a Facebook window, so I make sure that we're not missing out on any of our Facebook folks too, which tends to happen when uh, when you don't have a producer because Facebook doesn't come into StreamYard quite as easily, and you have to work at it just a little bit. See, I think I already missed Andrew Lampy coming in with some stars, I, and I missed uh, Miguel uh, Santi Stevan coming in. Um, that's the one name I mess up the worst. Miguel is, is yours, Santi Stevan. Uh, I think Chad actually gets that one right. But Andrew Lampy saying good morning. Thank you for the stars, uh, Miguel. Mike Givens, good morning, good morning. So let's get in. Let's get into this a little bit, y'all. So I had talked about previously when we start talking about um, the uh, when can you start expecting some different different roster moves? Are you going to be adding to the roster? You know, over the course of it is. After the draft, the initial part of free agency, is it over? Is this roster set? No, the, the roster is never set. It's constantly in flux. You see that as it as it goes along through the year with injuries and, and players being brought in, shuffled in and off of the practice squad, shuffled in and off of other people's practice squads. What hasn't happened too much yet are those, uh, those salary cap moves as teams start needing to cut down to as they work their way down to their 53-man roster. There are a lot about 90 players yet uh, so far. So we haven't seen those type of moves yet from anybody, not from the Broncos, um, not from other teams. So when you're looking at potential free agents, you're looking at guys that have been sitting there for a while. And they're starting to get, as we roll into July, beginning of August, as you start getting into into camp, you start getting a little a little more itchy. Some of those guys that have been sitting around for a while that are, are veterans that are still free agents. Someone maybe like longtime Seattle Seahawk Dwayne Brown, offensive tackle. Now, Dwayne is probably going to want to play in the right situation where he's going, he was making about 11 or $12 million last year, where he is going to want to play for a playoff contender. He'll probably want to be a left tackle. Kind of like the old joke, uh, you know, the longer you're out there, the more desperate you get. It's like, I want this much money. I want to play for this. I want to play left tackle. Well, as the months go by, as the hours in your night at the bar start going by, you know, other things start looking better. You know what? I don't need as much money. I got a ton of money in the bank. How about just left tackle on a playoff contender? Um, well, you know, we're getting into the start of camp. You know, I'd really love a starting spot. How about, uh, you know, I'll play right tackle. I'll play right. So, that's somebody I want to, you know, keep an eye on is, is you know, veteran Dwayne Brown, who still made a Pro Bowl last year. Um, Seattle Seahawks ties. That is someone I would definitely keep an eye on. Eric Fisher is another one. Um, he knows the division for sure. Uh, the Colts chose not to re-sign him so far, but another offensive tackle to keep an eye on. Those two um, were asked a lot about, you know, Alexander Johnson. I think if the Broncos, and I said this about Bobby Massey last night, kind of the same thing. Bobby Massey's not overly expensive. AJ is looking for a little bit more money right now. I think if the Broncos wanted Alexander Johnson back, Alexander Johnson would be back. So he's not someone I expect. I just don't feel like the linebacker position is that high of a priority, and it's been settled. If it was a higher priority for this defense, you wouldn't be talking about 
cross-training Baron Browning at edge. Uh, you've got a productive linebacker, young guy with all the tools in the world. You would not be talking about uh, you would not be talking about cross-training Baron Browning at edge if linebacker was a higher priority. Uh, I think they feel pretty good about the linebackers that are already on the roster. Um, I do too, frankly, for this scheme. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Jonas Griffith and his upside. There's your upside guy. You got your steady veteran in Josie Jewell. You got another steady veteran in Alexander in uh in Singleton, Alex Singleton. So I think they're fairly well done. Um, some more folks hopping in as uh, the, the Facebook crowd is starting to come in a little bit. It said hi to uh, to Andrew Lampy, and you know who I missed was Michael Ranquillo. As I scroll around, Michael coming in saying. Uh, good morning, Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Good morning, Michael. Appreciate you being here. Dom, Dom J. Jaramillo uh, coming in. Appreciate you being here too. Um, let's see. Try not to miss anybody, but uh, you know, as you start dual screen and stuff, if I do, I apologize. Man, Mandango Dan's got my back on this. He says, you've got this, Scott. Good morning, Broncos country. Yeah, I've been with y'all a little over a year. I feel... Uh, Feel a little better doing this solo than I than I did probably a year ago. Uh, I think I, y'all are like an extended member of the family, and I know the Broncos probably better than the Braves or the Auburn Tigers, who are in the College World Series right now. Definitely better than the Auburn Tigers. I can name more Broncos than uh, than Braves players through their systems right now. So feel pretty good about this one. Kenneth coming in and saying good morning, good morning, good morning, KB. Uh, and Lawrence says, "What's up, guys? It's tough figuring out the kids right now, but I still love you guys." Hopefully, I can get things settled and watching the episodes fully again. I miss. Yeah, Lawrence. Um, Lawrence has. Uh, if you want to, you know, put the news in the <clears throat> in the uh, in the chat again. Uh, he's had some some big family moments over the course of the last week or so. I know he's been been keeping busy. Um, we're about ten minutes in. If if anybody has any questions about free agencies, uh, I'll, I'd be happy to to click on them. The uh, it was Robot of Doom on Twitch yesterday came in and was kind of asking you know, a follow-up to my statement that post-June 1, you'll start seeing players become available. I don't I don't think it's really happened yet. I think it will happen as you start getting closer to cut-down days where you start seeing some of those uh, cap casualties and maybe just wrong fits. You know, I referenced Stefan Gilmore last year. That's the kind of guy you're looking for if you're the Denver Broncos. A, a Pro Bowl caliber guy who, for some reason or another, falls out with his team, and they're looking to save a little bit of money, and he all of a sudden falls in your lap, he becomes available. When you're the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson and a new regime and you get off to a good start, that's the kind of player you should be able to bring in and help yourself to a Super Bowl run. So I, those are the guys that I am I'm keeping an eye on for sure. Uh, Miguel comes in, he says, how do you feel about depth at the corner position? I feel like we need a little more help. Um, with, uh, with, with Miguel, I think you can always use some more help at corner. But relatively speaking, compared to other teams in the league, I think you are in a much better position than just about every other team in the league. When you've got Pat Sertan and Ronald Darby, you're better off than 95% of the teams already. Now you've got you know, Ojemudia coming in. you got Kaywon Williams coming in. There's four if you, know, you start keeping everybody healthy. Now when you start saying, you know, I'm really worried about the depth at corner, you're talking about, Every team, you know, nobody feels like they've got enough depth. So that doesn't make you different than other teams because your depth is better than everybody else's. Your starters are better than most teams in the NFL. So, yes, I feel really good about the depth at secondary relative 
to the uh, to the rest of the league. Now, injuries in this league, they cap rosters, they try and ensure parity. It's forced parity to try and make it fair for for everybody. At least that's their their word for fair. But uh, that the way it's set up, salary caps, uh, limited number of players that you're allowed to have, it keeps you from stockpiling like that. So everybody has depth concerns. Everybody. So I think, relatively speaking, yes, the Denver Broncos are in really, really good shape at corner and secondary. Could you bring in more? Like I said, a player like Stefan Gilmore becomes available. Do you bring him in? If he's the right culture fit, absolutely you do. You do bring him in. Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of coffee real quick. Uh, I encourage everyone to do the same while you're listening at home. All right. Um... Chase comes in, he has a question. Do we have a particular position needs targeted in free agency? You know, at this point, you're looking, can you can you upgrade? Not necessarily a need. You're, you're fairly well set. Would I like to see um, a more sure thing at right tackle? Yes. Would I like to see a couple 300-pounders on the defensive line that have a little bit more of a track record? Yes. Are those glaring holes right now? N- not necessarily. I think they're okay. They're, those are, again, we're, we're diving into the luxury side of things. Um, and right now at this point, when I'm, uh, you know, just uh, I talk travel baseball a lot. When you've got 12 kids on your team as a 12U team, you're pretty well full. If I'm going to add a player, I'm not going to add a player who's going to be the 13th player on my team. I want to add a guy that's going to be a top five guy. So when you talk about needs, you, yes, you could use some depth. It's a little bit different in this case. But Again, if someone falls in your lap, you're not you don't have any needs, any starter type needs. You can always add depth for sure. Um, Kenneth says, "Why do people think the Broncos and Russ will have growing pains?" He does. He seems like a guy who does so much homework on his teammates that he has game film of you when you were playing Wee football. You know that might be true, Kenneth. Uh, why will there be growing pains? Because it's tough to run an offense and. Being all the prepared in the world, I mean, I immediately think of Mike Tyson's, you know, pretty famous quote at this point. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And it is hard to run an offense. That's why every rule of the last 50 years in, in NFL football has benefited the offense. It's it's difficult. Uh, it doesn't always look that way because of all the high scoring games. But again, that's because of the rule changes. Um, you know, the, the pass blocking that you're allowed to do, the bump and run coverage, the defenses that you're where you're allowed to hit the quarterback. You don't get quarterbacks that survive until their mid 40s, 20 years ago. It doesn't happen. Uh, but they've turned it into a definite passing league, but it's still difficult to play and to get in sync on offense. Uh, I, I've, I've said this before, but if you've ever gone and watched an all star game, a senior bowl, for example, if they so much as change the center or quarterback, it takes a good half a dozen, dozen snaps to even just get that right, just to get the center snap exchanged correctly because the offensive line guys are jumping off sides. They're moving. The cadence is different. Everything changes, and it takes a dozen plays just to get a snap off. And these are you know guys who have been playing football a long time. So it's it's difficult to, to play offense and get every – because. In offense, everything has to go right for the most part. Yeah, there's busted plays. I know there's the exception. But you get 10 guys that do their job and one one player misses an assignment, the play's wrecked. Whether the receiver drops the ball, the quarterback misses a throw, 
The right guard misses a block. The the halfback forget you know doesn't pick up a blitz. One guy in the play, the eleven guys, the play's wrecked. So it's it's difficult. So there there will be growing pains possibly. On defense, flip that over. Ten guys fall down and forget to tie their shoes. But here comes Draymond Jones and sacks a quarterback. That was a win. It only takes one guy to wreck a play on defense. So it's it is it is difficult. You can expect there to be a, a little growing pains. The good news for Broncos fans is. The bar has been set so low that there should be immediate improvement. <laughs> the bar has been set so low on offense, <clears throat> excuse me, the last five, six years that there should be improvement. Even growing pains, you're still growing. Yeah, are there growing pains? Are you going to be, you know, you're, you're the 13-year-old kid whose knees hurt because you just grew six inches? Yeah, but you're still growing. You're still bigger and badder than you were a year ago. You're still, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, and all those things. So, yeah, growing pains make sense, but you're still growing. Now, is there any chance in hell that this team goes backwards from last year? You know, never say never. But I will be absolutely shocked beyond belief. It's it's really unfathomable that this team doesn't improve on offense first snap of this season, that they're not better. Uh, first snap of the season. Um, got a super coming in from Anthony Edwards. Appreciate you, Anthony, coming in with a super. Um, coming in yellow. Says, "Good morning, Scott. Love the show. Do you think we could pick up uh, and Dominican Sue? Possibly he takes a little less to play with a contender. Uh, I would trade him out for uh, Mike Purcell in a heartbeat. Let me take a, a slug of coffee and we'll get into that one a little bit." Anthony, I think Ndamukong Sue makes really good sense on a spreadsheet uh, in a Madden football game. I don't know that he makes so much sense in in the real world. Um, He is a big personality. The word fairly or unfairly toxic gets thrown around a lot. This is a kumbaya, happy-go-lucky team right now with fairly established leaders. I don't know that Sue needs to be thrown into that mix. I don't know that he needs to be thrown into that mix right now. Now, like I said, you take his 90 ranking on Madden or whatever it is and plug him into your team, you immediately got better. But on defense, this is Justin Simmons' team right now. That's the impression I get. This is Justin Simmons' team. You know, He's a, a quiet leader, a leader by example. You haven't heard a lot of gnashing of the teeth or complaining about Von Miller being gone. And Von Miller did everything with a smile on his face. It's almost like, the young guys were ready to take that step up. They're they're ready to be the new leaders of this team. Draymond Jones of the world. You know, if Sue comes in, Draymond Jones may take a step back as far as seeing his role on this team. So Ndamukong Sue, for me, doesn't make a ton of sense. Now, if it's October or, you know, a trade deadline type of move and it's truly a mercenary style, hey, come in, this guy can help us win, and you really don't care about the personality because there's really not time and this team has already been fairly well established for working their way through the dog days of summers and training camp and all that time where you're together as a team when you're beating on each other in in, in August and you don't even get to see another player like you, until the mixed practices you're getting tired of beating on your teammates and in, uh, in practices come this season if something like that were to present itself then it might make a little more sense and it doesn't matter it's like yeah this this guy's an a-hole but we don't care you know we don't have to spend any time with him we got to go to practice with him and games with him he's going to help us win welcome then 
it might make sense. I would not want to drop an Indomitian Sue into this team in June and July. Not not right now, no. But I think that's a very good question, Anthony. So uh, appreciate it. Um, that was a long way of saying that, that DWI guys, Ethan, saying Sue isn't needed or wanted. Maybe. I, he might be needed as far as the skill set that he can bring. I think he could definitely help uh, having a big body player like that in there. But it's uh, it's it's, again... Not in July. This is team building mode. This is learning. This is Russell Wilson's doing everything with a smile on his face. And everybody's saying we love the preparedness and the accountability. And we don't mind, you know, if, if they're getting tough on us because he's tough on himself and all those type of things. This is the time to build the team. And he's not a team. Sue's not a guy that is, is a, a team builder. He might be a final piece in the last, you know, couple months of a season that makes sense as a, as a mercenary, but not as necessarily as a teammate, if, if that makes sense. Let me see. I'll come down the chat a little bit. Um, let me see. Then Dale says no on, uh, on Sue. He agrees as well. Um, coming down here. <clears throat> and there's some discuss here about the playoffs that I don't quite get just yet. Uh, so we can come back to that stuff. And Lawrence saying, uh, you're kicking butt, Scott. I know it's rough being alone. I'm not alone. I'm here with all of you. And the, you know, 32-inch lawnmower that just started up outside my window. So hopefully that's not too loud. My goodness. Uh, if it's too loud, let me know. Uh, it shouldn't be there too long. <laughs> welcome to the burbs. Uh, welcome to the bur the suburbs. Um let me go down a little bit. I, I said I wanted to talk a little bit now that we're about 20 minutes into the show about uh, about the 2019 uh, redraft that that Pro Football Focus just did. Um, and uh, and Lawrence says we can't hear anything. You're good. Well, thank you. A little shout out to my Blue Yeti microphone for making that happen because it sounds like the, a C5 airplane's going over my head here. Uh, Pro Football Focus. I'm going to drop this in the in the draft in the in the chat here for everybody. Um, they went through a, um, they did a redraft and let's see, they did a redraft of, of the 2019 draft. And at number 10, there were no trades allowed. That was the other part of this. Cause as you know, uh, the, the Broncos did not stay here. They traded back and the Pittsburgh Steelers who were really good at the draft didn't do really well with this pick when they selected Devin Bush, uh, number 10 overall. They have them staying um, with the no trades here. They have them stay and pick uh, linebacker Devin White. Now, how would you feel with the Broncos about Devin White in that spot? When I start looking down, thinking it seems like you you might have been able to do a little better. Maybe edge, you know, uh, went number twelve to uh, to the uh, Green Bay Packers in this one. But what they say about this pick is said. <laughs> This is, uh, you know, DWI guys and linebackers. It's not even Muma. Uh, Ethan saying that he he wanted White. I I think it's a pretty good be, be a pretty good choice too. But here's what they say. And I read this one to to Zach before he saw it because I knew this one would make him kind of twitch a little bit. Uh, so this is the first different pick in the order due to our no draft day rules. If the Broncos would have stayed at ten in the draft, and if Devin White would have still been on the board, he would have been the pick. In fact, if you look at the Broncos' current roster, this will warm the hearts of Broncos fans. If you look at the Broncos' current roster, they've built up just about every other position to a championship level. 
yet are still searching for a high-impact linebacker. White would have been their guy. Um, that is a really, again, if you're a Broncos fan and you're reading that, we call that third-party validation when other people are starting to tell me how awesome I am. It, you know, I, I like hearing that. And it says championship level, every other position to a championship level. Unit, maybe, every other position, uh, maybe. You know, I still have questions. You know, we still have questions across the offensive line, um, for sure. We still have questions across the offensive line. I still have questions on the interior defensive line. This, the units as a whole, though, yes, there's nothing. I don't see anything here except maybe the offensive line that would hold you back from being a a, a true Super Bowl caliber type of uh, of contender. What was going to get you on this one is this depend on, on the statement here is how highly you rated Baron Browning last year. Um, you're still searching for a high impact linebacker. If you are of the belief that Baron Browning is or should be or can be a high impact linebacker, then one of two things you have learned from that statement, one, and the, and the direction that has happened with Baron Browning over the last six months, one, the Denver Broncos uh, staff doesn't think Baron Browning is a high-impact linebacker, inside linebacker, and thinks he could be better off making an impact off the edge. That's one scenario. Two, they don't need a high-impact linebacker in this defense, and there's really no such thing as a high-impact linebacker for this defense, and we want to take our high-impact player and put him in a position where he'll be able to make plays. So if the scheme is set up to have a shepherd in in the inside linebacker rather than a wolf where he's just there to do a job Josie Jewell's perfect you know and then you've got Jonas Griffith who can deputize for him and come up deputize for the sheriff get it um or the outlaw oh I messed that one up um deputize for uh for Josie the outlaw as a as Jonas Griffith comes up with his bigger faster stronger mentality and if he gets the experience and learns from from Josie then you're 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 set there, but there I, I almost get the feeling that in this this defense, the Bronco the the inside linebacker is just not a high impact position. Period. Doesn't matter who you throw out there. So you could drop in prime Mike Singletary, and it's not going to make that big a difference from your defense compared to Josie Jewell or Jonas Griffith. So having a you know again. But when you say, you know, still searching for a high-impact linebacker, I don't know that the Broncos are. They've got what the guys they want. They had a chance to go out and get different players. They had a chance to go get Bobby Wagner if they wanted Bobby Wagner. They had a chance to draft um, draft higher if they wanted to go get some of those players and think they need an upgrade at the position. They're comfortable. They feel good about who they have at middle linebacker right now. Uh, some of the, the the moves that got interesting here, as you know, uh, the Broncos traded out of that spot, uh, and Pittsburgh didn't feel so good about that move. Um, and as they traded down, they basically ended up with Noah Fant, and then they traded around again, and and Drew Locke coming out of that position. Um, for those of you counting at home, Noah Fant still creeped into this first round. I think that was a little surprising to me. Uh, he hasn't been bad, but he's he's been okay. And to me, it tells you a little bit more about the first round picks, the depth of this 2019 draft. If three years later, 
Noah Fant still a first round pick. One that tells you that it wasn't a good draft. Two, it it tells you a little bit that you know did the Broncos did the did Seattle get a really good player here? We'll find out. They picked up his option, and we'll see. You know, if Noah Fan ends up being a thousand yard guy for the next ten years, we'll know that they they got a that was a sweetener in the deal that turned out really well for them. But he had um, this PFF article that I dropped into the chat had the Patriots taking Noah Fant at uh, at thirty two and says he hasn't been a major difference maker yet in the NFL. Well, scroll back about fifteen minutes when we were talking about the offense of the Denver Broncos. Uh, but he has been consistent, racking up over 500 yards receiving in each of the past three years. This could also have stopped New England from spending all that money on Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry two off seasons later. Um, could have maybe, again, these these things are kind of fun um, as far as, uh, you know, what could have been, should have been. You all have watched me long enough that, and I, I my memory on these things are pretty good, that I don't grade in hindsight. You know, if, uh, if, uh, and I try and repeat myself on this. So, you know, I, I was a long believer that I would have taken Justin Fields number two overall. If he ends up busting out of the league, I'll, I'll own that one. That's just part of it. That's part of the accountability of, of what, what we're doing here and trying to build up trust with your audience. Um, so these things can be fun, but I don't want to look back and say, oh yeah, that, you know, DK Metcalf at 62, you should have taken him and 32 teams passed on DK Metcalf. Um, you know, AJ Brown was at 51, you know, the, you should have taken him. No, it, the draft doesn't work like that. That's not how, you know, the, when you're in the moment, guys develop at different rates, who they are in 2022 might not have been who they are in 2018 when you're going through the draft process. It just doesn't work like that. But it's also why I've, I've long been of the belief. I like accumulating more picks because as imperfect as the draft is, and the projections are, it's 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 a wild card that, you know, how these guys develop, how they can develop is a wild card. So the more wild cards I have, the more likely I am that one of these guys is actually going to become a DK Metcalf from the 62 spot. Um, you know, the, 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 I've said with a small enough sample size, I can prove any point. Well, you know, you guys don't know anything. Tom Brady was a six round selection. Yeah, well, everybody else missed on him 180 times too. That's why he fell to the sixth round. But, you know, give me a few picks. Give me a few extra picks. I like accumulating those picks. And I think you, you've got a much better chance of, of hitting because it is. It's an imperfect science and there is no 100%. There is no sure thing. But very interesting on these. Let me come through the chat just a little bit. We're right at 30 minutes. We'll get out of here a little bit early uh, if it slows down. I know it is June. Um, a couple of the players that went after that spot in 10, as you're looking down, uh, yeah, here's DK Metcalf at number nine. Um, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, would take, uh, El Elgin, Elgin Jenkins. Uh, it tells you how much I know about him. I'm sure he's a great player. I, I just, I don't know the lineman very well. Uh, edge rusher, Brian Burns, believe he went to the Panthers, uh, 13 edge, Josh Allen, Ugh, this you know, 14 Quinnen Williams to the Falcons. Sometimes, you know, we, we talk about draft capital. This is what can happen if you accumulate too much draft capital is sometimes there's just not a good player. Every, all drafts are not created equal. This 2019 draft, 
isn't a great one. <laughs> Three years later, this is the best you're doing on some of these guys. Uh, it wasn't a great draft. Um, so if you've got a chance, the moral of that story is if you've got a chance to spend some draft capital on uh, Russell Wilson, do it. Do it. Well, it was one of the things we heard all the time. We were talking for the last year, talking about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. We're giving up too much, giving up too much, giving up too much. It's like you don't necessarily know what you're giving up because you don't know who you're going to get. A first-round pick, a second-round pick, those aren't sure things. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, those are sure things. It costs you a little bit more to trade a, a maybe for a definite. So, um, you know, when you're when you're getting players in return, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and a couple of picks, those picks are nice. But if you don't use them right, and you end up with egg on your face at the uh, at the end of the year. Um, if Chad Powers is here, I'm going to talk international soccer for just a moment. He doesn't like it when I talk soccer, but I think it's very interesting how they handle player personnel moves. They don't trade in players or draft picks because there is no draft. You have to sign and develop. It's Every player is a free agent until they sign a contract. They deal in money. So rather than send you a first-round pick or another player, I have to buy out the contract of the player that I want. So if I wanted Russell Wilson and he has three years left on his contract, I have to give you a fee that you think is available is, is suitable enough for you to give him up. So I'm going to say, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy out his contract for hundred million dollars. And I send you hundred million dollars cash. I send you hundred million dollars. And now instead of a third round pick now with that $100 million, you can go to the green Bay Packers and spend 30 million on a guard, 25 million on a corner, established players so you're dealing in 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 cash you're dealing in currency for players instead of future picks so you can actually give up instead of the baseball rules where these farm teams always seem to be farm teams because the currency in major league baseball is young players you know if i'm going to trade if i'm going to try and get mike trout from the angels because they're tanking and they want to rebuild i send them five prospects well they still stink you know, they didn't get any better today. They might be better four years down the road. They might not, depending on how those guys travel. But if I send you $300 million for Mike Trout, you can go get seven major league ready ball players and improve your team tomorrow. So I like the way they do things like that, because when we're talking about draft capital, drafts are maybes. Established players are much more of a sure thing. So uh, again, what are you, whether you care about the sport or not, how they handle Player personnel moves is fascinating. It, it really is. So um, going through here, uh, I see a question from Money Moore here. He's saying, uh, which wide receiver do you think is most likely to underperform? I guess that's based on expectations, isn't it? So it depends on what you think their performance should be. If your expectations are low for Jerry Judy right now, it would be tough for him to come under them. I have high expectations for Jerry Judy. So therefore, he would probably be, if you look, the most likely guy to underperform might be Tim Patrick. Again, because this is relative to expectations. We're coming into the season with huge expectations for Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. If they don't break 1,000 yards, it's underperforming for what we're expecting of them coming in. That might not be fair. Yet, if Jerry Judy comes in and puts up a 900-yard, eight-touchdown season, I think for the most part, that would be exceeding expectations. So expectations and your underperformance is relative. It is relative. 
I have high expectations this year for Jerry Judy. I really think this is going to be a year where he can flourish. Um, so therefore, you know, if I end up with three guys between 800 and 1,000 yards with Sutton, Judy, and Patrick, I'm going to be pretty darn happy with the offense. But let's say that's where it turns out, Money. What, then what's your answer? Who would you think would be the underperforming of that crew if, if you end up with 800, three 800 or 1,000 guys? I wouldn't call any of them that way. Uh, and then anybody that I get from uh, anything I get from KJ Hamler from for me this year is is gravy. It really is. My expectations for him are be healthy and and be healthy by the end of the year and start making an impact. And if he can do that, I'm going to be thrilled for him, and I'll be thrilled for you as the uh, as the Denver Broncos. Uh, let me see. Last year, and Chase comes in. We're talking about uh, linebackers. He says, "I'm curious to see." Sometime how often the Rams only had one inside linebacker on the field last year. Scott had a good point about Barron potentially having less snaps regardless of where they put him. Um, yeah, so we were talking, Chase was in last night. We were, we were talking about him getting, you know, 100% of the snaps in a two-man set at inside linebacker. Well, that's not going to happen, you know. So if there's only one spot and they really like Josie Jewell and they, Jonas Griffith starts getting some time, you're going to see less of Baron Browning on the field, period. What you can do is get him ready for next season when Bradley Chubb could be gone. Bradley Chubb's on his on a one-year deal. You're never sure what you're going to get with Randy Gregory with uh, the injury history there. He might not be there for a long time. He could be injured. Bradley Chubb's got some injury history. Browning could step right in and end up being a, a guy right there and make a lot more money at edge than he would at inside linebacker too. Um, let me check here a little bit. Um, coming down the chat, some appreciate you hanging with me. I know this, this part, when we start doing this can be a little bit, uh, annoying for those listening at home, hit that 30 second button. So, um, let me see. Just talking about, uh, <clears throat> uh the trade made picks of Fanton drew look better and more valuable. Um, yeah, it did, uh, being able to throw those guys in there. And if I, I'm getting this, uh, I'm reading into this the way I think having those guys go to Seattle made it so you didn't have to throw in another first round pick or, or that. So uh, trading in more picks and, you know, you got your quarterback. So you replaced uh, a quarterback one for one. Then everybody started talking about, you know, what, how are you going to replace Noah Fant? And I swear everybody just forgot about Albert Okawebenam. I mean, they, if, if, the Broncos saw a huge difference between the two. They wouldn't have sent Fant. You know, I think if if, if reports are accurate, Okawebenam was offered first. Uh, the the Seahawks said no, we'd rather have Fant. And they said okay, you can you can have Fant. Um, um. So, and uh, and Saki Grano comes in. And says, Scott, are you kidding? Star players in World Soccer go for much more than a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, it's when we're talking about um you know, the money that gets spent, you know, for players, it, it ends up being really silly money in international football. And that's why I said 300 million for, for Mike Trout to try. And if you're the Yankees, we're going to send the angels $300 million. That's what they do in international football. <laughs> Mike Trout would go for $300 million cash. Um, but it is, it is sort of zero sum because their sales off. So I might, I might buy a guy for $200 million, but then I've got players that I'm not keeping just like drafts where I'm going to, I might've traded a one, but I got back a five and a six and I took that five and a six and I traded it for a third. So I didn't really lose that much. 
if I might spend 100, 300 million on this guy, but I've got guys at the back of my bench that I've sold five of them for 25 million a piece. So it ends up balancing stuff out. But again, the, 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 the different ways that these different sports handle player personnel is, is truly fascinating. Um, on that note, y'all, let me see. Uh, we're about 40 minutes here. If you have any more last questions or anything, get them in, get them in, and I'll hit them. But then we'll get out of here probably about the 45-minute the mark. Falling Sloth coming in. Says, good morning, Scott and Broncos country. Good morning, Falling Sloth. Good, you're, glad you're here. And they said, if you, if you could trade um, Jerry, uh, Judy to Seattle, would you want DK or Lockett? Um, I am a little more biased towards a bigger receiver. I, I would probably want DK in this one. Uh, I like his physicality, but to be honest, you know, their production levels are similar and I don't watch them enough, but I would, I would probably just off the top of my head, go, uh, go DK Metcalf, uh, in this redraft DK went number nine overall to the Buffalo bills. Um, you know, for a guy who went in the sixties, I think he was the very back of the second round. He went 62, I think in that neighborhood. And he went number nine Lockett would be a guy like that. Um, would probably be a top 10 pick in this draft too. So again, it comes down to personal preference. I like the physicality of DK Metcalf, uh, bigger, faster, stronger. That's going to be my bias every time, uh, until, until they see the exceptions, you know, OBJ to me is an exception to that rule that those types Jarvis Landry types are exceptions to that rule when we're talking wide receivers, but you know, give me Calvin Johnson, give me Julio Jones, give me AJ green, uh, give me Andre Johnson. You know, the, the bigger guys are, are typically where I, um, typically where I go. Let's see. <clears throat> and Timbo slice coming here. Stone cold Tim on Twitch. And then we'll get out of here saying the only player that hurt us in that trade was Shelby Harris, but he was underperforming too. Um, he, you know, he was, and you know, I agree that Noah Fant was replaceable for sure. And it'd be nice to have Shelby Harris in this one, but he, he ended up getting replaced in free agency then. So did you, do you, do you have an upgrade there uh, with DJ Williams in free agency? Uh who will also move inside at times and play play uh, defensive tackle and end. He'll be bouncing back and forth. So he was replaced, and it was a similar amount of money. So did you upgrade in that spot? Now, it would have been nice to be able to have them on the line together, you know, a couple of, you know, move them inside, have a couple of three, four ends or a couple of four, three defensive tackles, depending on how you want to line up, what type of system you want to use. But when I look at um, Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones, I start looking at the guys that were next to them. And you go into this thinking you're going Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and that didn't happen. You know, Mike Purcell was okay. You know, I, I think he was paid about as much as your punter and kicker last year. So what you got out of him is probably what you expected. Um, that, you know, when you're in a 3-4 scheme, it's a it's a dog position, man. Their the ends, their entire job is to eat two blockers. That's what they try and do. It's just the three, four guys that see if you can occupy the five offensive linemen with three and free up everybody around you to make plays. So it's it's tough. And if the guys around you aren't who you were expecting, it's gonna make you look bad because you're not gonna have any numbers because your job is to just sit there and hold guys. If you anything you get from them production wise ends up being, you know, a bonus. 
And there's players like that out there. But in that scheme, especially the way Fangio played it, which was vanilla as hell, it's a position. It's a it's a position you don't want to play. You don't want to play a three four end or a nose guard, where if you're not going to put any pressure on guys and you're going to sit there and it's like I got to hold this spot, wait for them to come to us and we'll make a tackle and give up two yards. Man, it sucks. So that this was my first year watching Shelby Harris and you know the the defense on the whole underperformed. As far as I'm concerned, it was it was boring. It was it was bend but don't break, but end up breaking anyway. It it just death, you know, it was the death by a thousand cuts. We'll get you guys were in third and two all year. And on the opposite side of things, you were in third and eight on offense. That's why you know you're seven and ten. So um on that note, the closer is gonna get us out of here. Um good service deacon in the Broncos country. Glad I could help. Glad I could help. Uh, glad every thank you everybody for being here today. We'll go about 45 minutes. Hit the comments, plenty of questions. So hop over on the Facebook. Uh, I mean, on the on the YouTube, that's where I, I glean through uh, every day on most of the shows and all the shows that I'm on and, and hit the comments and answer any questions or, you know, Scott, you screwed this up. Thank you. Yeah, screw up a lot of things when you're talking live. So um, I'll go in and, and own that one and uh, and say hello. But uh, on that note, uh, let me run through a couple matters of business here real quick. Um, this was the Br- Broncos for Breakfast, but you can follow the main account on Mile High Huddle and also Facebook on the Mile High Huddle pod. And if you are if you can do any of those things, you can't all be the closers like Ethan. We only got one closer, but you can always hit you know subscribe, like, and share on those buttons for sure. So make sure you're hitting those because... You want to get your alerts. Sometimes, you know, we we may move things. We may start 30 minutes early, 15 minutes late. Make sure you get your alerts and you're on there. So for a programming note, what is today? Today is, I've already forgotten what day it is. It's Tuesday morning, right? Yeah, Tuesday Broncos for breakfast. Tuesday morning, the Building the Broncos crew will be back tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, I will be on the back end to help out and uh, we'll jump in the chat with y'all. So make sure we see you tonight. Um, beckoning the Broncos tomorrow morning. But again, tonight, make sure you're watching Building the Broncos. And uh, until then, we'll see you then. And everybody, thank you for being here today and making this uh, a great 45 minutes for me. And I hope I was able to fill your day with uh, a little entertainment. So we will see you next time. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. I'm Sulin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, 
He's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org.